0: So, welcome to episode two of the Improved podcast. Thank you to everyone that's listened so far into episode one. We do hope you enjoyed. This episode is all about our McCann, local comedian who has went on to um, sell out shows, support big acts, and he recently moved to LA for a year to try and further his career and better his craft. So, it's a really interesting one. If you'd like to follow McCann's journey, He's at McCann Comedy on Instagram. Um, yeah, so enjoy, let's get straight into it.
1: Tripping and finesse, you know, you know, you know. Why does your coffee machine sound like every weapon ever?
0: So, we have R. McCann in with us today for the podcast, episode 2. What is the crack, McCann? Tell us a bit about yourself. How's m- it going, m- mate? Name, age, where you're from. Shoot. As if we didn't go to secondary school together. I um, well, I know, obviously, but we want to tell that's the true, I. want to tell the people. Well, what was
1: it? Name, age, sex, age, location? ASL. Right, sweet. R. McCann, male, and Omaha oh, uh, a- County, Tyrone, born and raised. Born and raised, right, okay,
0: good stuff. Right, so, McCann, good to have you on, great mate of mine, went to school together, tell us a bit about our relationship in school.
1: Um, It was very pure, very wholesome, you know, uh, I taught you everything you know, arguably, um, and also, you know, those who are listening to the podcast and are familiar with him will know that, you know, very sport-heavy guy. Oh you know? my goodness, and, no way, straight know, in, listen, straight in. Listen... <laughs> The reason why (laughs) Tim has the drive and ambition that he has today is because he never got over in secondary school. I actually defeated him in a 100 meter sprint. Now, if you were doing like, if you were doing like, if Ladbrooks were doing a, like, you know, like a bet on the likelihood of that happening, it would have been like, what are we saying? Like, you, Mayweather versus McGregor, uh, 110 (laughs) percent. Yeah, no, worse than that, it would have been like Mayweather versus is it a day the <laughs> that's niche like that's niche that batter, is, yeah, but, that is. yeah so you know and you know arguably Tim but you've never gotten over that I you ju- well, you're
0: actually getting a a beamer right now as we speak well I'm actually I'm not I'm not the coffee hot but um, I just want to put it out there my shoes that I I had just I remember the day actually I had just opened a new new pair of night mercurials bright yellow do you remember mm-hmm. Uh, Do you remember the boots?
1: I, listen, I didn't go into that much detail to remember Mate, in your they shoes. Were, they were my
0: first pair of football boots, right? Okay. And I'd bought them in just a size too small. Right. But you know the boys, like, football boots is a big thing. It's like trading cards. You're uh-huh. like, oh, I need to get me bright new boots uh-huh. on. Uh-huh. The boys would be like, swag, swag feet. Mm-hmm. So I was like, right, get them on. Seen McCann line up for the 100 meters. He was ready for it. Like, And I was like, this, this dog, like, you know, McCann's a funny one. He's not the fast one. No. Never was. No, that's what I thought So yeah. I thought
1: I I left off the box mate man, left no no I you had you. The
0: dust, no I man. had you I had you off the line you came man. through like an absolute Thomas man. the Tank engine man.
1: it was Tokyo Drift mate <laughs> I just belted on and left you hanging you know what I mean
0: honestly I, honestly I couldn't believe it like I was don't worry this is still recording okay. you think like, I just stopped it um, I just realised I just screenshotted it without the thing um no so you know what it is i can cut any of this out that doesn't make a grade like it's true but i so that's the first thing you've come out with i'll ask you what your name is and you've just went straight in with how you beat me the well range. i was
1: trying to think of how to naturally you know oh no put, i said it like it our relationship in school um, yeah well I, I wanted to try and like put it naturally into the conversation and i was like there might be i might not get the chance so i might as well just throw it out there right now
0: right well now that we've got that out of the way you didn't beat me at anything else um
1: well, that's you well, know we, we do have to play give a game of badminton someday, which I'm very you know. Yeah, if you yeah. want to put bets on that, you know, uh, pay me some cash. I, I don't think I don't. I. W- it's the easiest. It's the easiest profit you'll
0: ever make. Only fans, yeah. Get on them. Just pay them money. Just pay me
1: cash, um, and you know I'll I'll do it for us. I'll start no. With GoFundMe aye. page. We'll
0: get that sorted out because you beat me at that. I will Yeah, we'll get that sorted. But no, see. Right, so, McCann, tell us a bit about, so you're a comedian, I've said in the intro briefly what you do and what yeah. you are and what you're trying to do, yeah. but very, very brief, so tell us how you first got into comedy, so I want to go back to um, when you first kind of thought, because it's not a thing that everyone kind of wants to be like, right, I want to be like that guy on the TV or that guy on Mock of the Week or whatever, how did you go about getting your first gig and being like, right, this is something I want to do as I mean- a job?
1: I never like actively like watched stand up and was just like, Yeah, that's what I wanna do. Like for me it was you'll remember like our formal awards at school. Mm-hmm. John Graham approached me, John Graham the head boy of my cabinet thing. Approached me. I actually have to give credit to John Graham for anything that I do basically because he came up to me and said, Can you host the <coughs> formal awards? And I was like, Well why would I do it? Because I'd never done anything, like, uh, on stage running or, like, whatever. And he's just like, I don't know, I like, you'd be all right at that. I heard and, this
0: in the last podcast, and I was like, you should actually give a shout-out to John yeah, Graham, because he was out, the one who got shout you know.
1: out, Shout-out to John Graham. Like, and, you know, I originally turned it down. I said I didn't want to do it. And then I spoke to, I think it might have been you and a few other fellas, like, that I was friends with at the academy. And, you know, you were like, well, you know, why would you not do it? And then I was like, right, okay, I will do it. So I went and downloaded a bunch of old Bebo pictures and made like fake awards and fake categories. Um, I won There one. was even a Timothy Gower I award. Re- which no, no, it win. wasn't.
0: It was an Andy Wilson award that I won. was award
1: that won. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still love that joke. That's right. Uh, but yeah, and then I just did that and I was like, I really, really enjoyed <clears throat> that. also at the time, you know, Colin Geddes was doing I Am Fighter, stuff like that. Um, he was doing like live shows in the stroll. And that exposed me to the Northern Ireland comedy scene, you know, the likes of Mickey Bartlett, Terry Keyes and Shane Todd, who were the first comedians ever that I'd been exposed to, mm-hmm. um, that weren't on TV. So from that, kind of just approached, the, the story is, is like, I approached Colin and then an Asda and Oma. I remember this. And I, like, I called him Barry, Scoundered, And uh, Is that true? Yeah, you actually called them by? I, of course it did. I didn't I heard
0: that, I didn't think I didn't know that was I didn't Um know that.
1: but I approached and I I think Gareth was with me, Gareth. Uh, it wasn't me, It'd and i um, with you. I went up to him and I asked him like how do you get started in stand up. And he was like, you know, there's a really good club like in your hometown, like Dailies. So I go to see Dailies and I go to watch a stand up there, and at the end of the night I approach Terry Keys, who was running it at the time, and Chris Bowes. And I said, you know, I'd really love to try this out. And they're like, oh, well, you're in luck because we have a dropout for next week's show. Um, and the headliner is Call and Get Us. So I was like, how weird is that? You know, and then went to do the show. And because they, when they were booking me, they were like, have you wrote material? <coughs> like, do you have 10 minutes of material? And I was like, oh, yeah, I've got 10 minutes. You didn't I have didn't a clue. write a single joke. So I spent that whole week writing jokes, trying to make a set, you know, whatever. Did the gig fell in love with, it, and I've just been doing it ever since.
0: It really must have been that John Graham thing that started you, because you never. When were you in the school of play? You weren't in the school of play until after
1: all this. I right? so even then it was like I actually enjoyed, like. like you love. I like doing that sort of stuff, but like when I auditioned for the play, I never got any major roles. I always had like a very small speaking role. Yeah. But where I got to really take over was when they did the mock up play. And the mock up play uh, was, of course, like comedy, is yeah, it, is it, yeah. Yeah. So nobody like. Usually they would like. I remember the first year the mock up play, like everyone like wrote out parts for each other and stuff, and like we had a good time of it. That then the great. second year, nobody did anything, and I. You had to pretty much right as, write a, the, as you, a priest. Yeah. And I, I did a live christening of one of the people <laughs> in the audience. Do you
0: remember that? Man, that has come back and to me. And then the year after,
1: they banned the mock-up play because uh, I took it
0: too far. I forgot they even done muck-up plays. Now yeah I remember this has all come back to me. I didn't yeah. remember that. I do so, remember now you were a priest.
1: <laughs> so that was my first exposure to like being on stage in any capacity. But then the formal was just like, oh this is just me being me, you know. So when was the when was the play? The play would have been what like... What year? Fourth fifth year? The, the play would have been the year before the formal. So yeah. Sixth lower? Sixth lower and, and the year before that.
0: That's, that's mad. That is madness. And going back to that, that's so weird that you met Colin Geddes and Asda. And as we go on to talk a bit more, obviously I know the whole story behind it and everything, but as we go on to talk about more, you're good friends with Colin now and even was best man on his wedding. Yeah. So that's all come around from you asking Barry and Asda, you know, how do I get into comedy? Yeah.
1: It's like, you know, that's why, like, like, I don't I don't ever mind... That's incredible, like, when you think about well, it. Well, if someone ever comes up to me and they're like, you know, how do I get started in stand-up? I'll always take time to be like, you know, if you're serious about it, then this is what you can do. You know what I mean? Because, right. like, you know, I now have found out that this is what I really like to do, and this is what I'm currently in the process of trying to forge a full-time career out of. And arguably, I wouldn't have even... Because I stumbled into it. I didn't watch stand-up and went, oh my god, I really want to do that. I stumbled into it because of a few key people in my life at the time. So, Colin was obviously one of them. Or probably the main one, you know because um, you know what it was like when I Am Fighter was out in Oma massive, like, everybody massive. was quoting it like people were Northern, Ireland, yeah, Northern Ireland it was massive Northern, yeah. it was absolute and nobody's done anything like that since that's how big that is do you know what I mean yeah. so like yeah I, I shout comment in every single interview I do whether it's publications or like podcasts whatever because you know
0: that is the true story. And it is likely that everyone will probably know, well, anyone from Northern Ireland will probably know who Colin Geddes is. Yeah. And if they don't know who Colin Geddes is, I find this a lot, if I'm chatting to someone and I see a funny, Geddes puts out a funny video, uh-huh. and I'm like, oh, do you see the video Colin Geddes put up? And they're like, who? And then I go, I am fighter. And they're yeah. like, oh, right, that guy. Yeah. So he's obviously, yeah, he's done extremely like, well for that's himself. that's like
1: 10 years ago, and people still talk about that
0: it. video so well, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, so that actually goes... St- into my next point in terms of before so we've established it was kind of like fifth year where you got the bug for going on stage Mm -hmm. but in terms of interests and aspirations when you were growing up in secondary school what did you see yourself doing as a job full time or did you not have a clue Did you? what did you enjoy
1: not a notion like I remember wrestling Wrestling. I remember (laughs) yeah I loved I loved Uh, wrestling yeah I was a nerdy kid like like um, I I love wrestling and I I was I was still love hip hop like um
0: this <laughs> is sure, no, 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 the no. weirdest
1: <laughs> cocktail of our time
0: uh,
1: um but like yeah. Rob
0: Van Dam was the one there.
1: yeah my email address was <laughs> mccannmanrvd35 at hotmail.co.uk I remember I only changed that this year it's now RMCannComedy at gmail.com more professional like, you know yeah because yeah, yeah. I got sick of saying that all the time and then occasionally someone would go does RVD do mean Rob Van Dam and I'd be like yeah mate when I was 14 you know what nice. I mean um, but no when I was at school I like I remember Mr. Hamilton our careers teacher Shout literally out. one Show day sitting with me for about 45 minutes going you have to pick a course like like you have to pick something because i was going through you know the way they had the booklets for each uni and i knew i didn't want to go away i knew i wanted to stay in northern ireland for uni yeah so i was just like right okay um i have to pick something here and just nothing appealed to me or something did appeal to me there was absolutely like it was like well the, the job prospects after are very difficult so I was just like, what am I going to pick? And then he literally came to like PR marketing and was like, yeah, you should just do that, I think. And I was like, right, sweet. So I just did it. I literally, that one conversation of him saying, you should probably just do that. I just went, okay, four years, here we go. Do you know what I mean?
0: I know that. It's funny. This is this is kind of a wee bit off topic, but it's not really. In terms of the school system, I was speaking about this to someone earlier on. The school system would not encourage you to go into comedy full stop well
1: of course not no, nobody would encourage you I wouldn't encourage people to go to comedy do you know what I mean it's yeah like, but
0: it's fo- it's following what you're passionate about
1: yeah I think I think of the school system is like they 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 are like looking out for you because there's a generational gap between when we finished school and what's happening now mm-hmm. which is it used to be like I was the youngest in a family of six so I saw my brothers and sisters go for uni and get entry level jobs and then work their way up a ladder but what's happened now is instead of people going, you know, you get a good degree and you get a really good job and whatever, it's like get a degree in something. If you even need to get a degree, get something in something that interests you. Um, And then after that, like figure out, like, what do you like doing? Do you know what I mean? Like as simple as that, like, what do you like doing? And if it's something that, you know, you can work hard at over a few years and see where it takes you, then why would you not just do that?
0: I'm sure a lot of people still don't know. I find it a lot of people don't know what they enjoy doing.
1: Well, that's true. That's a whole different issue, and like, like to be honest, if it if it hadn't have been for me accidentally falling into stand up, I too would you also would, yeah. know what I would be doing right yeah. now. Like, say if, say
0: if say if we take comedy out of the equation, what would you say that you enjoy doing? Like, you know, you're lucky that you've stumbled upon comedy. I'd say for me, it's probably sport, fitness, health and fitness and running a business I enjoy the process of of owning a business, I would say that's probably what my passions are but you were lucky that you stumbled upon comedy and um, fortunately you were able to carve some kind of, not full time yet but ideally that's where you want to go with it yeah right so stumbling into the next point,
1: I make some funny money you know, a bit of money
0: Oh my goodness, never say that again. <laughs> um, next point is is a probably a common question you get asked. Nerves on stage. Do you get them? Do you get them before? Obviously, I'd say you probably first time going into Daly's Comedy Club, which is a comedy club in Oma, our local town, Um, for no one that's from this direction. Going in, stand up, Colin Geddes is headliner on the bill, mm-hmm. someone that you've watched. Surely you were absolutely bricking it. Oh, of course. You must have been. Like, of you course. must have been.
1: I... I... Brick it, is the terminology you used. Uh, i brick break it before every... i bricked it last night and the night before. i brick break it every time before I go on stage, because at the end of the day...
0: Is it is it the fear of people not liking what you put out, or is it the fear of stumbling, or what is it that makes it...
1: It's just... Comedy is so, like... It's all it's all good nerves. It's like... It's like if you do an exam... You know the way if you do, like, a past paper? Like, this is going way back to secondary school, but if you did, like, a past paper... <laughs> and say there's no pressure on it, you know, it's not going to be a grade that follows you ever, the next day it's irrelevant. Yeah. And if, if that same past paper was put on exam day, there would be some questions that because of the nerves in your system, you'd be able to answer better. Yeah. Just because of the whole... Adrenaline like,
0: and the nerves and the, yeah. the importance that you put on it. Yeah. Comedy's
1: the exact same. Like, you know, you I've had gigs before where I've got the bus home and I've been like, what am I doing? you know what I mean yeah. what am I actually doing in my life here that I'm sitting writing jokes and then going on stage in front of like whatever amount of people and like they just don't get it and I'm like what is yeah. the point but that comes with everything you know it's like,
0: it does um, 100% you have to you
1: have to feel and you have <clears throat> to learn and as long as you're learning it doesn't matter like that's the thing too if like like um with stand up and just anything is like you le- if you learn from failure then that's uh, sometimes most of the time a lot more beneficial than if you're to go on stage and just kill all the time because that's how egos get built up and yeah. whatever and then you feel like you've got nothing to learn it's like i know i still have so much to learn yeah you know
0: and if you didn't make mistakes you'd have nothing to we hear it all the time entrepreneurs whatever famous people you see it all the time motivational instagrams motivational youtube videos all these people make mistakes and they never talk about the successes, they talk about the mistakes they made yeah. and how they learned from it and that's what's pushed them on um, to greater things. I have always talking to you and I always go back to the Simon Kyle one where he always brings up that he had a fiver in his pocket, yep. enough, in his, enough in his pocket to get a taxi back to his mum's. This was when he was like early 30s and now he's a multi-millionaire, probably one of the most famous people in the world and he always goes back to this, the feelings, not the... I'm sure he's had many successes before and after that, but it always comes back to the feelings. if you can get over failing so badly, if you can get over that it makes you stronger and makes you push on a lot more than a small success, i think in my opinion anyway but
1: yeah i like I was chatting <clears> to a guy malcolm Hatchett, in in uh the states, and he lives in his car, yeah, you know what I mean like he's from Atlanta, Georgia moved to l a he like does not he doesn't like He's not able to hold a job right now, and he's just living in his car. But he's, 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 you know, I was talking to him, and I was like, that's crazy. And he's like, not really. He's like, I get up when the sun comes up at 6 a.m. I go into Starbucks. They know me there. They know my story. They let me charge my phone, my laptop. Then I go and write. He's like, and I sleep in the Planet Fitness gym car park. So I get up every day, I go to the gym, it forces me to go to the gym, I shower, I use gym facilities, and I do stand gigs at night, and I'm like, nobody does that to be like a doctor, no. or a lawyer, like nobody's <clears throat> sleeping in their, cu- like, eh, mo- like nobody's doing that for something that you really have to be obsessed with what you want to do, yeah. in order to go to such an extreme land.
0: And he's not doing that to be, as you say, I always say, you don't get into comedy if you want to be rich. Yeah. You you obviously He's obviously doing that because he loves to make people laugh and whatever comes along with comedy. He's obviously not doing that. If he wanted to be rich, he would be spending all his time on his laptop trading stocks or learning something like that. You don't get into comedy to be rich.
1: No, not at all.
0: Um. So yeah, going on to kind of setbacks that you've kind of occurred or that have happened from. So now where are we in your timeline? We're kind of after school, you've done your first comedy gig, you're kind of university age, um, how often are you gigging, are you gigging, when you're at uni, are you gigging once a week, are you trying to get gigs, are you writing all the time, what was the process of, because when you finished school, you went on to do marketing, PR, uh, PR, PR marketing, straight after school, or did you take a year out, I can't even remember. Uh,
1: straight after school, I was, I went straight to America. Like, after uni? Or no, no, this is after exactly, school. Straight, yeah, yeah. Straight, into, straight into PR marketing, yeah.
0: So you were there for three years. So while you were at uni, were you still... Did you find pressure to, f- like, spend more of your time on the uni stuff? Or did you put more emphasis on the comedy stuff? Or did you feel that the comedy took away from your grades? Or what way did it pan out when you were at uni? Um,
1: I mean, at the start, I didn't want to go to uni at all. Um, I was just like, well, I've found what I want to do now, so what's the point in that? Um, but my parents were Safety like, Net. Yeah. yeah. Which which I totally agree. And I'm grateful <clears throat> they did that because if I hadn't have been a uni in Belfast, I wouldn't have been as accessible to the Belfast comedy scene. Yeah. And I wouldn't have going on what I have there now. Like right. I wouldn't be like a like a MC at Laveries or I wouldn't no. be able to do stuff like that. You know, I wouldn't be headlining gigs now. Um it's because I was out there and like it's relevance, not,
0: isn't it? It's kinda of, you were kinda of stayed you stayed relevant and... because the Northern Irish comedy scene is very special, I suppose, for a word. It's a very tight knit group and you yeah. manage to by staying here and not going over to England or wherever, you managed to cement your place in, you know, what do they call it? General banter squad or whatever, that kind of tight knit group of comedians.
1: Yeah, and it's like to me it was never like I wasn't like going out of my way to like network with yeah. top guys. It was just that those guys were the ones that I got along with. Yeah. And I was like, these they're all really sound and they're all really funny as well. Yeah. So I was like, well, that's, you know, it just kind of naturally came about. And I think that's why that works.
0: i It wasn't forced. No, Obviously, right. no friendships can be forced. If it's forced, it'll it's, never last. But. No. <clears throat> so going on to your next move. So we're finished uni. <clears throat> on to the decision on why you moved to L.A., so, obviously, you moved to LA sh- the year after uni, uh-huh. straight after. Yeah. So, you finished uni in September, moved to LA in January. Uh-huh. Why did you feel like you... Why did you do that? What was your thought process behind it? Did you think, were you going to try and break America? Were you going to try and further your kind of relevance over here? What was the kind of no, thinking was, behind it?
1: I was never going over to try and break America, because, like, that would be... You were too early in your... Yeah, that period. would be insane, because, yeah. like, and it takes, like... You know, you'd have to be out there for double the amount of time I've been out here to even think about doing that. I even make a dent
0: in America. Yeah, because
1: yeah. it's so saturated and like <clears throat> the best in the world right there. But the reason why I wanted to go out is because like m- my favorite comedians, majority with a few exceptions, are um, American. And I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like, ev- like I'd say every other day I'm listening to, uh, my favorite thing to listen to is just comedians talk shop. Um I love hearing about people's writing processes, uh gigs they've had that didn't go to plan, gigs they had that were successes, what they were doing when they were at my level, um the jobs they were working that they didn't like to supplement the comedy. Like I love and taking all of that. Yeah. And what what made me realise when I listened to it is that because we're in such a small scene in Northern Ireland we're cursed but also blessed. And we're blessed in the way that, you know, I don't think anybody over here like You you hear you listen to comedians like Chappelle and Bill Burr and Tom Segura Burr Kreischer and they all have like struggle stories. Yeah. Tony Hinchcliffe as well, like they all have struggle stories of like working jobs they that infuriate them and like you know you got people like Malcolm that are sleeping in their car and I'm just kind of like I've never like struggled like life has always been pretty cushy for me like. um, w- everything's been very structured. You yeah. know, went to secondary school, went to uni in Belfast. I come home over a weekend. I got cooked meals like, and yeah. my washing done. Like you know, <coughs> Molly called essentially. Yeah. So I was just like, you know, a year out right here, I want to immerse myself in the comedy scene out there because the best of the best are right there, no doubt about it. And to soak in knowledge from that, and then to also you know, go out. And I always wanted to live in LA ever since I went there a few years ago and I had Tyler, the creator, come watch me do stand-up. I just realised there is a bit of a magic about this place where, like, weird things like that can happen. Um, so I went out there and just did a year there and I lived with 40 people. And it, it was insane. Mm. Like, it was, it was the craziest thing I've ever done, but it was the best year of my life by far. Like, it was a movie of a year.
0: Yeah, it's like... Anyway, it was incredible. I think the main, probably to get outside your comfort zone was the main thing you wanted to do when you were saying about um you didn't have a struggle. Obviously, we have we've we're pretty lucky in the fact that, as you say, we grew up, never really had any struggles, but all these famous people always come out with, you know, Tyler, the creator, working in Starbucks, the, there was busboys, there was guys that... Um, didn't have a roof over their head there was guys that you know you hear all these struggles so your idea was to go out to America to kind of did you think going out to America was going to give you more
1: kind of content for your shows I mean to me it was just like I wanted it was more of like a, like if people go to do a course um, and Like like they try to like learn about themselves for example or they learn about their career or craft like, the year I had out there, being surrounded by 39 people who were all in the entertainment industry and who were all...
0: Oh, you never mentioned that. So, the house you were in was uh What did you... A startup? Or a... Uh, just tell us a wee bit about that, the house you were
1: in. So, the house I lived in in LA was uh, 40 people. And it was owned by this company called Upstart. And they had, Upstart. like, six houses over LA. And basically, their story is that Jeremiah and his wife, Sarah, they take in people who are involved in the entertainment industry in some capacity, um, in, like, some sort of creative industry, whatever, and you have to apply for a spot at these houses. And I saw it and was like, you know, it's ridiculous that you can have 40 people live in a house. Um, and I saw that it was essentially, like, bunk beds, but they're called pods because of the way that they're, like, made. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I was just like, you know, I'll live here for a month to get the experience for material. And then I'll probably just move out, but I went there and it was just the most inspiring, motivating environment. Like I, I expected to make like a few friends in L. A. Yeah. But I didn't expect to meet that many people who I would consider to be really close friends. Now, you know. Yeah. Uh, like I've showed you some of my friends' stuff, like Ocean, for On example. Real, yeah, Ocean yeah. Pleasant, like that's a girl who's ready for radio play tomorrow. And there's yeah. no doubt in my mind she's going to be a complete success. Yeah. Um. But, you know, you have people like that who... It's almost like, yes, she's in a different career field. Yes, she's from a different country. It's still creative. She's it's a still, story. It's the same. But you're there's parallels. Like, yeah, you're talking 100%. to her and you're like, oh, I went through the same difficulty you're going through with yeah. trying to find an agent or, you know, trying to get my work out there and make sure that it goes to the right people. Like, I totally get that. You know?
0: <clears throat> I feel like it's all the same. Whether you're entrepreneur whether you're comedian singer you know maybe like any of these kind of against the norm or against the green fields obviously every kind of goes nine to five job or we're taught in school you're kind of like go to school as you said get a degree get a nine to five retire then live your life yeah that's what that's the school system that's kind of education system in school, we're not taught about taxes. We're not taught about mortgages. We're not taught about, you know, going outside your comfort zone. Like, So I feel like that's... Whenever you're surrounded by people that are doing the same thing, what's that saying? You're kind of the equal of the five closest people around you. Yeah. Which you were surrounded by loads of creative people. You were surrounded by... Like, I watch your Instagram and your Snapchat. There was a guy upstairs playing the drums. Then yeah. There was a guy downstairs... Writing a song, your ocean was uh, making these unbelievable beats on like a piano and producing all their own stuff. Obviously, if you're surrounded by that, doesn't matter if it's comedy or not, you're going to be inspired by it. It it, it totally
1: changed me. It totally, it totally like. You know, you talk about, like, when I was at uni, how, how much was I working on stand-up? Next to none. Uh, like, I was writing material here and there before gigs. And you probably stuff. thought
0: you were doing a lot. Yeah, yeah, of
1: course. Because people, like, you know, you you, you kind of talk yourself into, like, yeah. yeah, this is what I really want to do. And then you go over there and you see all these people who are literally obsessed. They're like, I haven't went out. And, like, they're, they're like, I haven't had a night out. I haven't went out to a nightclub in like five years. Do you know what I mean? Because I've been been busy, I've been gigging, I've been making stuff, I've been creating, you know what I mean? And then I'm sitting there and I'm like, I I just had a four-year blackout. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was in uni for four years in Belfast. (laughs) Sleeping in a forest. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So you're out there and you're speaking to these people and like, just hearing some of their stories and yeah, like, you know, most of their lifestyles wouldn't have suited me, obviously being in this country. Like, there's a couple of different things there and whatever, but... When you're exposed to that and you're like, okay, you know, I'm seeing people in real time get results from working as hard as they do, so I just took the blueprint that they laid out for me. I was like, okay, if I want to be good at stand-up, I have to write every single day. There's no excuse. Write every single day. Perform any gig I can. Put my name out there and make <clears throat> online content, you know, um, make content that... Is strictly for Northern Ireland. Make contact. That's a yeah. bit more universal. It's it's all about you know trying to, and we live in this day too where it's like, you don't need an agent necessarily. You don't need no. a representative. You just need to be putting out stuff that people like.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: people don't need the approval of higher ups anymore. No. You're starting this. You're doing this podcast from your phone right now. Exactly. Do
0: you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah.
1: Like, you can you can sit down and like you can literally do nearly whatever you want now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, with online,
0: that's what I was saying in in the latest video I put up. Online, we live in an era, if anyone watches Gary Vee's stuff, which I'm sure a lot of people do, you know, we live in an era where we can literally make money from our laptop. Like, we can go on and we can do anything. We can put videos out there. We can put content out there. Look at the vloggers that are coming through now. You know, the original. When YouTube first started... We see it's like a mixture of sacrifice and consistency, I always think. We see these vloggers with millions of subscribers, these comedians with millions, these comedians with their Netflix shows and all this here. Yeah. We didn't see what age are these guys, like mid-twenties. We didn't see the ten years. Only and only only everyone talks about the success and you know like ah oh, he's made it. You didn't see the ten years of him earning no money, him making videos and probably getting 30 views a video at the start you know for the first couple of years him probably wanting to quit a hundred times because no one was liking his stuff you don't see the sacrifice that goes on behind and i think that's the i think that's why a lot of people give up early and i'm sure you've thought about it at times too you'd be like is this really worth it i
1: could stand up like six times a year Uh,
0: exactly and i've been the same when it comes to putting videos up or when it comes to putting content out or when it comes to making a podcast or a blog or any of these things you do it and if you don't get the buy-in or if you get a per post or if you get a post that doesn't get taken up well you're like is this worth it you know you're getting no money from it you have your parents maybe on your back being like you're not is this a real career like they start putting doubts in your mind and then you think that's what 100% that's why most people drop out because but they that's don't why, stick at it
1: but that's why at the core like Money aside, business aside, whatever, like, achievements, whatever, goals, it's all well and good. If you but enjoy do it. you like it? Yeah. And if you enjoy it and if you like it, like, if I didn't enjoy stand-up, like, if I was on stage and I'm like, oh, i got to do this gig tonight, whatever. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm pumped to do it. Yeah. I love doing shows. I would do a show every single night. But, like, wh- if I ever got to a stage where I was like, ah, this is a bit slag it on a bit now, yes. I would definitely pull the plug on yeah. it because it's not worth the amount of work that you have to do to get the good moments out of it.
0: I'd say the best way to end this little segment is I, I was watching Gary Lee's video yesterday and he says that chasing money is the easiest way not to get it. Do you agree? Of course. If you 100% go and try and get money, which I think a lot of people were so money-driven as a society and you know, flashy cars, all this hair material things, if you go after the money, there'll eventually a chink will come in your armour and you'll just literally be like, you know, it's not worth it. And I, as I was saying to you, your money always levels up to where you're at. So if you're not enjoying it and you're not putting more into yourself as a person and bettering your craft, maybe you'll earn... Say you earn a million pound or whatever and then you then you don't put in the work to keep that consistent. That's why lottery winners, um, people that get a lot of money quickly, yeah. you always hear football star goes bankrupt lottery winner that won a million when she was 17's uh got no money left you know they don't know how to control it they don't put anything into themselves and then they end up just not being able to control the money and the money always levels up to where they're at as a person
1: also just like you know like don't always be thinking of like the end goal and like Mm. i'm gonna be here or this is what i want to be it's like you know, it sounds so corny and cliche, but it's like enjoy the process of it. Like be present all the time, you know? Yeah. Like when you're giving thought to you know, oh, I'll not be successful until like say if I was to look at it from my perspective and I'm like, oh I'll not be successful until I get a Netflix special, or I won't be successful yeah. until I do Live at the Apollo. And yes, these are all things I strive to do, but if you if you put if you put all your energy and focus into external events like that what happens when you get the Netflix special what happens when you get on Live with Apollo you know people have post event mm. depression because they feel like once they've achieved a goal they've That's always it. wanted yeah. they're like well, what do I do now my whole life has been leading up to this and I've finally got yeah. it my thing is like I am I, I don't look to that as much I used to be really like that where I'd be like you know I want to get this by the time I'm this age whatever it's not how life works and if I was to do that I would be grateful for you know the fact that I can go down the laveries at MC or the fact that I can headline a place or the fact that most of my friends now are running gigs full time yeah. or the fact that I can do the Edinburgh Festival or you know I get to perform in front of us I've performed some of my, my favourite comedians of all time you know like I need to be grateful for what I have, you know, I can't be always looking forward to the next thing and you're the same, you know, it's like be grateful that you have this like space here that you've done your own business, it's DIY, you didn't have to kiss anybody's like you not have to You can say like <laughs> I was told, I was told uh, profusely by Tim before the podcast, no swear. no profanity, but my mum will let me away with ass. Watch your uh, profanity. She'll let you yeah,
0: have you done. didn't
1: kiss someone's ass to get it, you know, it's, it's yeah, DIY, it's do it yourself, and like,
0: and if you, I think if you, it all comes back to if you enjoy what you're doing, as you say, be present, enjoy the process, don't just always look to the, where you're trying to reach, um you'll be you'll be pretty sad, I would say. So going on to this is probably the final little bit, your goals now we've just talked about not chatting about destinations, but I think everyone has goals, everyone has dreams about what you want to achieve uh-huh. um within comedy. What in the next five give me a five five year where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in ten years? What do you want to be doing? What do you kinda what would you be happy with? What would you not be happy with? I mean, turn, turn on the Christmas lights in Oma. Yeah, of, that, that's
1: 2020. That's McGraw. Uh, that same year that Kanye becomes president. I mean, um, <laughs> I, mean I, I don't know, man. Like, for me, I just want to be doing stand up comedy full time. And I feel like yeah. that is a big enough blessing to where I would be out of control if I was to be like, yeah, but I also want this. You know, yeah, there, yeah. there, yes, there are things that I'd like to achieve. Um, like I'd love to be able to do maybe support for an act that I really like, like Tom Segura or Burt Kreischer. I'd love to go on the Joe Rogan podcast, like yeah, like um, I'd love to. uh I'd love to have a Netflix special. Yeah. Um, I'd love to do the Odyssey. You know, and these are all things that sound ridiculous because of where I'm at right now. But if I'd have said when I started stand up. You know, I'm gonna be uh, best man at Colin's wedding. Yeah. And then also, I'm gonna go on to you know be a headline act in comedy clubs in Northern Ireland.
0: Even selling out the Strood Art like if you if I if I would have said to you whenever you first done the formal or whatever, you're gonna sell out the Strood Art Center, which is our local kind of what do you call theater? I suppose you yeah. would call it. Many seats. Uh, three hundred and forty. Three hundred forty. if I would have told you you're going to sell that out in four or five years time for comedy you'd have literally told me where to go and be Dude, like it's
1: insane
0: that is it's hilarious. insane like, we
1: did the Ulster Hall and it sold out one thousand people
0: a thousand people like. Again. Tyler
1: the Creator came to watch me do stand up do you know. know what I mean it's like these are all insane things but yeah. that's why like you know you like I watch videos of like Sam McGregor, for example, right? Mm. He's a lunatic,
0: yeah. right? <laughs> Notorious,
1: yeah. He absolutely is. But, like, you see it in his eyes. Everything he says, he totally, 100% believes.
0: And you can see it in the people around him as well. Did you watch his Netflix? Yeah, it was his, great. And his wife, he had nothing. And she stuck with him, stuck with him, stuck with him. You could see it in his law of attraction, I suppose, because back to if you believe it, it'll happen. And kind of that whole aspect of it but he yeah that is, is a good point he kind of is a good example of you know believing in yourself and pushing on and just enjoying what you're doing working hard every day and then eventually you know you'll get what you you deserve
1: he was a plumber from Dublin I know driving a van Pretend that he was driving a Lambo in California I know couple of years later what's the man doing driving a Lambo in California do you know what I mean unbelievable that's insane that's like, and you can see. You said about how like people around him see it too. It's like, yeah, that's a contagious attitude, um, and he he backs it up. Do you oh, know he what I mean?
0: Yeah. What's he done now? For, like. I mean, he gets
1: sparked work. out by a babe, but. I will.
0: Yeah, he re- <laughs> he wrestles bears like, um. So, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he wrestles bears like. He
0: does. There's a video of him wrestling a real, real bear. Like.
1: That was a very serious podcast. Uh, you know, I feel like we
0: had to talk about a bit of Bear ass there. <laughs> <laughs> it was inspirational, you know, and that's what it's all about. You know, you got to, it's that Oma mentality that, you know, you just want to get away from. We want to strive to do whatever we want to do in life. But no, that's, that's, that was good. Good content. Really, really bulky there. Like, I like it. Love it. I've got a bit of a quick fire around for you here and you're gonna, I just want you to say, essentially, that was great. Really inspirational stuff that you done there. Like, we we loved hearing about your comedy story and we wish you all the best in it. Um, but Who's we? All me listeners. All right. Me boys. Shout out to Timmy's ma. Me ma, me dad. Probably, Does Matthew listen to this? Probably, probably some of the boys. I don't even think he knows. I, I don't even think he <laughs> still knows I live in the house there. Um, but... Uh, uh anyone that i tell about it you know they'll listen to 10 minutes but we're already in 41 minutes so if we're you're still
1: it. here fair play these are the dvd extras uh, this is essentially
0: this is bulky. Uh, yeah this is bulky i've never said bulky in my life i know this uh, is you've used
1: it six times in the last two minutes which is pretty distressing but uh, uh, right, okay a, a decent balance That's decent okay, okay, I so like
0: quick fire round anyway quick fire. i know i was going to mention all the straw stuff and all school, but it's just you wouldn't get it. people wouldn't get it um Quick fire round, I just want I'm just gonna say yeah. something or something. And I just want you to go, I don't want you to think about it. Right. I want your natural, you know, straight in Do you wanna put this in your Instagram story or are you do you to, No sorry I just I just I was just best doing their podcast business? Fair play. Busy man.
1: Okay, so crunching numbers. Right, let's go. Cats or dogs? Uh dogs. Omar LA definitely old town after that cinema like over um, yeah
0: after that cinema coffee like, or tea coffee food or drink uh food my dad or your dad your dad <laughs> yes yes we can right we have a chinese buffet thanks for listening <laughs> good luck so that was it episode two of the improved podcast had a great time making it, and um, we had a great Chinese, absolutely full. was nearly sick, but sure, that's what it's all about. Hope you enjoyed episode two, and we'll be back with episode three in February. Have a good one. And if you'd like to follow R. McCann on socials, you can add him on at McCann Comedy on Instagram. And Arma can on Facebook.